whistleblower report hits Capitol Hill. The President of the United States has betrayed his oath of office. The U.S. points a finger at Syria. The Assad regime used chlorine as a chemical weapon. Vaping illnesses explode in the U.S. More than 800 confirmed and probable cases. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition, sponsored by the Capital One Venture Card. The whistleblower report on President Trump's phone call to the president of Ukraine was front and center on Capitol Hill today. The allegations against the president continue to evolve from a quid pro quo to a cover-up. The star witness, acting director of intelligence, Joseph McGuire. It was not stonewalling. I didn't receive direction from anybody. I was just trying to work through the process and the law the way it is written. I have to comply with the way the law is, not the way some people would like it to be. A new allegation is that the administration took steps to lock down records from the phone call in a top-secret computer. CBS's Ed O'Keefe. What Democrats are trying to do here is make clear that while there are some explosive allegations in the content of the complaint, there was also apparently a cover-up, not only among White House officials, as this complaint alleges, but they were trying to suggest that the, direct, the acting director here may have been trying to at least slow walk its release to Congress by seeking an opinion from the Justice Department. Democrats say the whistleblower complaint also suggests a shadow foreign policy campaign by the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. U.S. officials have concluded that Syria did, in fact, use chemical weapons in an attack on opposition forces earlier this year. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said the U.S. has concluded the Assad regime used chlorine in an attack in Latakia province. The United States will not allow these attacks to go unchallenged, nor will we tolerate those who choose to conceal these atrocities. He announced sanctions against Russian entities assisting the Assad regime, but he wouldn't say what else the U.S. response may involve. The Syrian regime should know and the world should uh, appreciate the fact that we're going to do everything we can reasonably do uh, to prevent this kind of thing from happening again. Cammie McCormick, CBS News, the Pentagon. Federal health officials say the number of reported vaping-related breathing illnesses is increasing at an alarming rate. More from Sabrina Cupid. The Atlanta-based CDC confirms now 12 people have died from vaping in 10 states. And the number of people with lung injuries associated with e-cigarettes or vaping has jumped from just over 500 to more than 800 now in nearly every state in the country. Some people are so sick they are in the hospital on a ventilator to help them breathe. Many of the cases involve people vaping nicotine and THC, but some vape nicotine alone. On Wall Street, the Dow down 79 points. Now this. Oregon Congressman Kurt Schrader adds his name to the list of Democrats supporting the impeachment inquiry of President Trump. Schrader is the last Oregon congressional Democrat to say he supports the inquiry. He says after reading the transcripts from the phone conversation and the whistleblower, he feels an inquiry is indeed justified. Stay connected with FM News 101 and KXL.com as we continue to follow the latest developments in the story. Lawmakers from Oregon also worried about the sudden rise in illnesses from vaping. Oregon Congressman Greg Walden spoke at a hearing this morning with the Energy and Commerce Oversight and Investigation Subcommittee. These cases of young, seemingly healthy young adults getting sick after vaping are piling up far too quickly. He said these cases are shining a light on the vaping epidemic among young people in the U.S. The CDC says today the number of illnesses has risen to 805 illnesses, 12 deaths. One of those deaths in Oregon. A hat tip to the public today from the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office. KXL's Grant McHill explains why. 
A 16-year-old is in custody charged with a series of robberies at the Vista Market in Milwaukee. Sergeant Marcus Mendoza says the crime started just as a theft, but eventually escalated into violence. And he says they caught the alleged suspect thanks to help from the community. We had multiple tips come in regarding identifying the accomplice to this crime, and we knew that if we located him, we'd be able to find the suspect. The suspect, at least for now, faces charges of theft and robbery, while the accomplice is charged with theft. Too. Really uh, appreciate the public's help and everybody coming together on this. Helped us solve it quickly. Grant McHill, FM News 101. Do you know something about that four-alarm fire that paralyzed part of Northeast Portland a month ago? Investigators want to hear from you. Uh, videos from surveillance cameras, the, from the witness testimony that investigators took, from the evidence they collected at the scene, they felt confident that this was an intentionally set fire. So that means somebody, somebody intended to start a fire that day, which is incredibly sad and incredibly concerning. Lieutenant Rich Chapman with Portland Fire says more than 200 tips have come in so far. Crime Stoppers remains involved. The ATF and police say they have not given up on seeking suspects here. Neighbors tell us they're worried a firebug continues to roam around somewhere. The man convicted of trying to kill a Marion County deputy during a botched jailbreak is headed to prison for the next 14 years. A jury found 49-year-old Bradley Monocle guilty last week after he represented himself in court. In November 2016, he was already in jail awaiting trial for robbery and attempted murder charges when he and another inmate attacked the deputy while trying to escape. They seriously injured that deputy. A co-worker accused of sharing bean dip laced with meth. This is at Thriftway in Jefferson, Oregon. 38-year-old Cassandra Medina Hernandez is charged with two felonies. Police do not believe any customers received the contaminated dip. The investigation began after the co-worker went to the hospital feeling sick from that uh, dip. Advancements in computer technology might be moving too fast for a local community college to keep up, so they're ending the program. KXL's Jacob Dean talks with a former student and tutor. Portland Community College just sent out another email to students saying the school is closing the computer applications and web technologies program because of declining enrollment. The class teaches you how to make websites and kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff on the computer. Martin Michaud Couch graduated from the program about 10 years ago, and he's not exactly happy about it shutting down. It does kind of suck, but... I understand what's going on. The technology is moving so quickly. After I graduated, I was also a tutor there for those courses, and I saw that they had drastically changed the curriculum. I was like, well, shoot, now I need to figure out this stuff. We posted a copy of the letter PCC sent to students at KXL.com. Jacob Dean, FM News 101. And Lucinda, Washington's state lawmaker says, don't be too quick to spend the extra money. KXL Steve Leader reports. Representative Ed Orcutt, a Republican from Kalama, says the latest revenue forecast showing a net increase in state tax revenue of $447 million is actually a lot less. Some of those increases, one was an accounting issue, one was a one-time payment. So the economy is really only growing our revenue by a couple hundred million dollars. Audio courtesy of Washington House Republicans. The next revenue forecast comes out in late November. Governor Jay Inslee, a Democrat, will release his 2020 supplemental budget in December. Steve Leader, FM News 101. Portland's most news, traffic and weather. FM News 101. Here we are, Lucinda and Cooper on a Thursday. And uh, so listen, if I get Alexa, and I might, I'm definitely choosing this iconic voice. It's my duty to please that booty. (laughs) 
I mean, really? That's I didn't know that was going to be the soundbite. <laughs> And the one and only, and he is lending his voice to Amazon's Alexa. Uh, Amazon just unveiled its new products and services. Samuel L. Jackson is the first celebrity voice for the Alexa virtual assistant. You can choose two versions with cuss words. I don't remember asking you a thing. Or without. I have today's forecast for you. Hot. <laughs> yeah, USA Today says the Alexa skill, as it's called, uh, will cost 99 cents as an introductory offer. And then after that intro period, the price will be four ninety nine. And by the way, uh, interesting technology. They cr- use their neural text-to-speech technology Ooh. to make that happen. NFL football is live from Lambeau tonight from the KXL Sports Desk. Here's Matthew Zimmer. Week four of the NFL season kicks off with the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field tonight. The Eagles have started off with their worst record under head coach Doug Peterson at 1-2 and two since Peterson took over in 2016. The Packers are 3-0 and oh for the first time since the 2015 season when they started 6-0. Pre-game coverage starts at 5 o'clock on our sister station, 7.50 the game. Elsewhere in the NFL, LA Chargers running back Melvin Gordon returned to the Chargers facility today as expected. That ended his 64-day holdout. Gordon will go through a physical, but he is not expected to play on Sunday, and the team is likely to seek a two-game roster exemption from the NFL to allow the Pro Bowl running back time to get into playing shape. And Super Bowl 54 has their halftime entertainment. Jennifer Lopez and Shakira will be the co-headliners of the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show at Miami's Hard Rock Stadium. That was announced earlier today. With sports at 15 and 45, I'm Matthew Zimmer for FM News 101. Time for the five things you need to know today. First, there are any number of potential crimes when a president is soliciting foreign assistance again in another presidential election. There can be no claim of ignorance this time. House Intelligence Committee Chair Adam Schiff speaking about the new impeachment probe against President Trump and the phone call at the center of it all. Today, Schiff's committee heard testimony from the acting director of national intelligence, Joseph McGuire. I think the whistleblower did the right thing. I think he followed the law every step of the way, and we just got stuck with it. Then why, director, when the president called the whistleblower a political hack and suggested that he or she might be disloyal to the country, why did you remain silent? I did not remain silent. Lawmakers also pressed McGuire about why he seemed to slow walk the original whistleblower complaint over to Congress. McGuire cited executive privilege. Democrats say they want to hear from the whistleblower himself in the days to come. Meanwhile, most Republicans remain skeptical of the impeachment inquiry in Congress. CBS News senior White House correspondent Major Garrett tells us how GOP lawmakers still feel comfortable backing the president. Not only are Republicans following the president's line of defense, that is to say no explicit quid pro quo, they're also arguing that Democrats from their point of view have prejudged this affair, assumed the worst, and from their estimation overshot the truth. Two Republican senators, Ben Sass and Mitt Romney, have publicly expressed serious concerns about the president's conduct. As for Joe Biden, he insists Trump's corruption claims against him will not stop his campaign for the White House. I can't let this distract me in a way that takes me away from the issues that really are the reason why I'm running. This is a fundamental reason. This overwhelming, uh, we have to restore the soul of this country and and, uh, who we are, our values. Biden appeared on ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live last night. He says it's clear to him there was a quid pro quo element to President Trump's phone call with the leader of Ukraine. Trump says reporters need to take a closer look at Biden's alleged corrupt behavior. The U.S. calls out Syria for using chemical weapons. The United States will not allow 
these attacks to go unchallenged, nor will we tolerate those who choose to conceal these atrocities. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo made the announcement today. The U.S. government has concluded the Assad regime used chlorine in a deadly attack last May. In his announcement, Pompeo did not say what the U.S. response towards Syria might be. And the nationwide outbreak of lung disease is growing. The CDC released new numbers showing 12 deaths now and more than 800 hospitalizations. Federal health officials still don't know the cause and haven't found a product or substance linked to all cases. But most patients had a history of using vaping products containing THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. CBS News Chief Medical Correspondent Dr. John LaPook. And those are the five things you need to to know today.